0: Hello and welcome to the Illuminate Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Emma Benner, and today I'm sharing episode 87 with Ivy Lawson. Ivy is the founder and owner of Logwood Company and Ivy's Everything Honey, where they produce honey-based health and beauty products, toothpaste, condiments, and their delicious honeys. Before starting her own company, Ivy spent nearly two decades in the corporate world before seeking out her true passions and becoming an entrepreneur. In this episode, Ivy talks about being unhappy in the corporate world and what ultimately led her to become an entrepreneur, how she felt when she did not receive the support from her family and friends when starting her company, the benefits of using honey and beauty products, hiring a team of employees as her business grew, and so much more. All right, let's get to it. Here's my conversation with Ivy Lawson. Well, Ivy, I am so excited to welcome you to the Illuminate podcast today. Thank you for joining me. Oh,
1: thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so why don't we just kick it off and have you introduce yourself and share what you're all about?
1: Sure. So I'm Ivy Lawson. I founded this little company called Logwood Company, our brand. We are known for our brand, which is uh, uh, Ivy's Everything Honey. And it simply means that we make all our great products for the hair, the skin. We make a a line of toothpaste that's just disruptive right now, Um, deodorant and some novelty. And we also sell the raw honey. We have about 4,000 hives uh, globally. So we are really dedicated to uh, sustainable um, business, you know, uh, saving the bees and um, working with uh, beekeepers globally. So that's a little bit about me. I started out as an engineer. So I spent about uh, 15 years working for big companies. IBM is the one that I left as a software developer. So this is a total pivot for me to become a beekeeper. But I've always loved bees and um, when I found out that they were in trouble, I wanted to make a difference and I just went for it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I loved reading about your story and researching for this interview and and just learning about all that brought you to where you are now. it's kind of I feel like it's a unique. Way to get to become a, an entrepreneur. Did you always kind of have an entrepreneurial spirit or a, were you always business minded and things like that? Or was this kind of a really far turn in what you pictured?
1: Far, far turn. <laughs> I had I didn't even know what an entrepreneur was. I heard the term back in 1999 a gentleman um, who was an entrepreneur himself, he was a real estate developer. We had a conversation at dinner and he said, you know what, you sound like you should be an entrepreneur. And I was like, entrepreneur, what's that? And he said, you own your own business? And I was like, I couldn't think of one thing that I could do where I could do it by myself and really be successful. So I, you know, cause the only thing I knew up until then is math and science. And I was like, I don't, I, I could never do this. And I, I thought, well, you know, maybe I could develop you know, later on in the years, I I said, maybe I can develop an app to make life more convenient. So this was a real pivot for me. Uh, My parents, you know, retired from, you know, traditional companies, everyone in my family, and I have a large family, you know, have gone down the same path. I have one sister who started a restaurant, she has a restaurant business, very successful in Tennessee. So that's the only, um, you know, I, I didn't know about business ownership at all. So everything I, did was because you know was learning from, you know from the grassroots up. I did not understand anything about entrepreneurship. No.
0: <laughs> so, what was the final straw that encouraged you to leave the corporate world and change your situation? Was it that you were unhappy in in the corporate world, or is it was it more so that you kind of trying to fulfill this dream that you started to think about with the honey?
1: Right. So you know, I, I wanted the way to answer that question is yes. I was very unhappy. I uh, now people tell me this. Even people from IBM would tell me that you're just you're a genius, and I don't. I never thought of myself as overly bright. <laughs> I always just thought of myself of being able to solve um, you know particular problems really quickly. But I think the universe brought this together for me. I was unhappy and uh, I decided I was going to sell my house and about a month before I made the decision to sell what was the most expensive uh, thing that would be keeping me and you know I had to work to pay my mortgage. I started seeing bees fly out of my basement. I had a walkout basement so I had to walk out every The garage was drive under underneath the house so I had to walk out and every morning I would see a bees and about a month before I decided to sell the house, our heating system shut down, and it turned out that we had uh, infestation of bees in a in a heating room in the back room of my basement. And they were there for years, because they made honey, at least three years, they're saying. And um, you know that gentleman I mentioned to you that talked to me about entrepreneurship? Well, I was going through my home office cleaning it out, and I came across his card, and um, I called him and we hadn't spoken in seven years and uh, this has happened in 2008 and I met him in 1999 so it's seven eight years and he remembered me and we had a conversation the beginning of the conversation he just said something really weird to me he said uh do you like honey and I was like honey really why would you ask me that I just had a bee infestation a month ago, and he said, oh, I have some beekeepers, Uh, we are both um, native, uh, our parents are both from Jamaica, and so he said, I have some beekeepers in Jamaica who wants to expand their hives, and they want to, you know, they want me to give them money, but I don't want to do it, so if you're interested in this entrepreneurship thing, then you can certainly uh, go to Jamaica and do a feasibility study for me. And so I said the universe brought it together because I had a bee infestation, was able to try raw honey, real raw honey, and tasted so different from the squeezy thing. And then I, you know, this dude is telling me about beekeepers. So I I went and I never looked back. Um, it, you know, it's, it's kind of a weird, when I tell that story, it's so, it's such a, it was so surreal to me because I feel like I was just pushed towards it and I couldn't you know, I couldn't do anything else. I really wanted to do this. And so up until then, I used to make products with, you know, just kind of make my own shea butter and mix up different oils to make products for my boys. I have three of them. And I always was tempted to add raw honey and I just didn't know how to use it because it's sticky. And I was like, so I started researching and everything just really kind of came together for me. I mean, so in such an amazing, phenomenal way that I can't even, it gives me chills when I talk about it. (laughs) So yeah, I said universe.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And then the next part that I read about in your story was you made a big move to kind of pursue all of this and you picked up your life and your family and moved to Jamaica to become a bee farmer. Is that when it, it turned into what it is now with Ivy's Honey, Ivy's Everything Honey, or was there a big part of developing through that process?
1: yeah, so what I did was, I um, you know, I was speaking to this person, I think it was in September, and I went to Jamaica on my own in October, November, and in December, he and I went. In January, I literally uh, gave my resignation and I said, okay, that's it, I'm going to move. And I moved the boys, um, two of my youngest boys, because my oldest was already, he started his freshman year in college in September. So I moved my two youngest kids to Jamaica in January. So I didn't have a lot of time To really uh, think about it. Um, In retrospect, probably would have put some more time into (laughs) evaluating the situation because it was really difficult. The move was extreme. I didn't have the support of friends, family. They thought I had all gone, you know, everyone thought I had gone crazy. And so they were just waiting to see, you know, what transpired from this. And so my strength. I mean, just grew tremendously because it was so hard. Developing the products using raw honey, like I said, I had that in the back of my mind, but I hadn't done the scientific research to figure it out. And so I came back to the States in 2010, and I just enrolled in school and decided I was going to be a chemist, (laughs) at least get a certification in chemistry and figure it out. And, um, and, And that's what I did. So yeah, it's a lot of work.
0: Can you talk talk more about the response from the people in your life about starting this business and kind of dropping the corporate r- world, making a big move and all of that? And, and yeah, just expand on that because I think that's an important topic of how not everyone has this big support from the people in their life and not everyone has people surrounding them that is really into the entrepreneurial and, and business side of things.
1: I'm going to tell you, Emma, I had absolutely positively, and I can say this with no hesitation or reservations. No one supported me. (laughs) You know, they, I, I, even people who who I thought would, they would do it and just said, Oh, well, you know, girl, just go ahead and do what you feel like you need to do. But the support wasn't there. So it was really lonely in the beginning. And, um, my, you know, my family was probably the worst because then they started really talking about, you know, the fact that maybe she's really, you know, mentally challenged. Maybe there's some mental illness going on or maybe, you know, there's a guy in Jamaica that she's going after, you know, maybe, you know, it was all kinds of theory behind it, nothing that was positive. And so, um, I said to people, what kept me going was, I I sincerely had a it was like it was like I had an out of body experience. It was like I wasn't really controlling my decision making, and I knew I just had to push through. I lost a lot of weight. I mean, I'm not a heavy person to begin with, and when I came back to the U S. in 2010, after two years in Jamaica, I was barely maybe 119 pounds. And that didn't look good on me. I mean, it was really skinny for me, and um, you know, I and I came back with nothing. You know, with my two boys, just the suitcase that I had, and nothing. I left everything that I had brought to Jamaica, and um, so it was difficult. I didn't even have a place to live. I mean, I we had a you know really you know, ah, oh, it was it was tough. I didn't have the support, and so you know, as I said before, what kept me going was I, I just had this kind of uh, ambition that I just couldn't really, de- you know, it, it just felt so good to do this business. And I felt like this is my destiny. And this is what I want to do.
0: And what do they all think about it now with all the success that you've had?
1: <laughs> oh, It's funny, you know, to see the transformation. And, uh, you know, people are funny about memory. And what I did do, Emma, is I chronicle a lot. I use, I journaled a lot, just to keep my sanity. Just to say, okay, this is not you. This happened. It really happened. You're not making these things up. And so, the way to answer your question, it's 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 just full circle. And people are seeing the light. They've seen what I had seen. Had. I had seen in the beginning. They're now, you know, beginning to like really warm up to it and said, yeah, you know, because my whole mindset was if I continue to work for corporate America and I feel like I'm pretty bright, I'm I'm just going to retire and, you know, probably get sick or end up somewhere crazy or, you know, I didn't feel fulfilled, but i you know, I want to build legacy wealth with, you know, leave my boys better than how my parents left me. And I think that was one of the driving force. So now they're seeing, you know, the picture of my friends are coming around. And, you know, it's, a, it's I don't want to be lonely, rich and lonely. So <laughs> I am pretty much, you know, you know, receptive. And I know, you know, who who took some convincing and who just truly was just ignorant about the whole entrepreneurship journey. Uh, what I was doing and they, you know, they did the best they could to support, but they just didn't understand it. So I'm more, I'm a little bit more welcoming to those people than the one who did, not only didn't they not believe in my dreams, but they presented obstacles, you know, and and I mean, family members, you know, (laughs) presented obstacles that made it more difficult for me to, um, you know, to get to where I wanted to go to. So eh,
0: I write. Yeah, I'm glad you've come around and shown that you were on the right track and you were finding what's right for you and what would make you happy rather than being stuck in a career or lifestyle that you just, it wasn't for you, you know? So what would you say to someone else that is stuck in a career or lifestyle that they don't love or even like and are just wanting to do something different and follow a dream?
1: Yeah, you know, somebody said to me once don't you shouldn't give up sure for unsure and I think that's the biggest misnomer ever (laughs) I I mean because you know sure is not really sure if you think about it but I I I said people I've seen people you know who are who are totally unhappy in there are now even you know now they're totally unhappy and they don't wanna risk it but I think the, the problem is just finding what you really enjoy doing and what you don't mind doing or suffering while you're doing it. <laughs> it's just finding that thing. I was speaking to a friend of mine yesterday. She's a professor at, at the school I went to and she's an English professor and she said to me, oh my God, but you're so bright and you're so, oh my God, you're so resourceful. And she kept going on and on. She says, I have no talent. And I was like, Melissa. When I, you know, when I need an editor for my book, because you're an English professor, who, are, who you do you think I'm coming? You organize well, you know. I remember when I was doing um, markets, you know, like farmers markets. Uh, she would do all the organizing for me while I get the products together. I was like, "You, that is a talent. That's something that you like to do." And she was like, "Oh my God, I didn't think about it like that." So I think that people don't really tap into what they really genuinely like to do, and if they do, they're not willing to take the risk to just say, "Let me go out and do it," you know, "Let me find my way," regardless of how hard it's going. And it's going to be tough. It's not gonna be easy so you know that's the encouragement I give
0: so I gotta get a broader look at this do you have like in your backyard a bunch of bees or are you kind of contracting out somewhere else
1: Okay, so (laughs) I have boxes in Massachusetts in and around the city, but nothing in my backyard because I live in a a development complex. So they would be a little bit, um, they wouldn't be too receptive to seeing bees around, even though bees don't sting you unless you're bothering the queen. Um, so I don't have but you know I do do classes and I do help local beekeeper one of the things that U- U.S. Car- keepers don't do is they don't set pollen traps you know and people will say to me oh I eat local honey because local pollen is better for you which is true but very little pollen really actually get into the honey because the bees know to put it in a trap so they can feed their lava and so on so I actually sell local pollen <laughs> so that's what my bee you know my bee Box in locally are for is to get the pollen out of it and um, and sell it. And how do you use it? You put it in, you know, water, eat it, uh, put it in smoothie, and it builds your immune system and resistant to that, you know, seasonal poly- you know, allergy. So, um, but no, I don't have boxes like just hanging around. But I don't mind when I see a bee sign. I always like turn off. <laughs> when I'm driving. I always like turn off to go and investigate to see what their you know hives look like and so on. So. <laughs> Yeah, I love bees <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I'm afraid of birds. Can you imagine? Oh my God.
0: <laughs> uh, so where is the honey from, coming from for your products?
1: So yeah, so we have several, um, we source honey from several different uh, countries. So we have the raw honey that we sell, um, it comes from my hives in Jamaica. And I, you know, ship it in and then we jar it in, in a little incubator that we, um, you know, we work with in Rhode Island. And the honey that goes into the toothpaste, and really, the honey doesn't really go into the toothpaste. We harness the antibacterial properties and the anti-inflammatory properties from the honey, and then we use it with other ingredients to make the toothpaste, and that's done in India. Manuka honey, which is the most uh, researched honey for skin and for different types of ailment, comes from New, G- New Zealand, it's indigenous to that country, so we get our uh, face care, skin care made in New Zealand with Manuka honey. And then the hair care, I use it, uh, it's made in the United States, and we use my honey from Jamaica to do that, or local honey from Florida, um, you know, to do that. So. Uh, yeah, and then the deodorant, you know, local local uh, bee derivatives, you know, the wax and so on goes in, the propolis and so on goes into, uh, comes locally from, you know, bee farmers in the US.
0: Yeah, so you have honey in all of your beauty products and um, deodorants and toothpaste and all that you talked about. What are the benefits of using
1: honey in these products? Great, great question. I love talking about it. So, um, you know, it's been used in products for generations. It's just we just got away from it because people, you know, alter the properties of honey to make it nice and shiny so they can, you know, aesthetically pleasing to the eyes when you buy it. But honey has enzymes. It has vitamin, all the vitamins that you can imagine. It has, um, you know, all of these uh, nutrient-rich properties that is your system loves. Okay, so even I tell people, you know, when you compare honey to like sugar, uh, you know, it's, it's still fructose and sucrose. But if you compare it to like cane sugar or whatever, your body really don't know how to process that well. It has to use up some energy to process it. But if you take a teaspoon of raw honey, your body knows exactly what to do with it. And it you, you won't necessarily gain weight because it dissipates through your system, you know, it get, get to where your ailments are, or does this work? And then it passes through your system real easily. So I mean, it's just, to me, it's like second nature. And I think the reason why people don't use honey in more products is because it's very very, very difficult to understand its properties and to, you know, understand what other ingredients can work really best with the honey to give you the results that you're looking for. I think, you know, it takes a, a bit of uh, digging, a bit of researching to find the right ingredients that will make the honey work effectively. So I think that's why people don't, you know, it's, it's hard, you know, it's 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 not easy. And then I've seen you mention other places that there's a big
0: difference in the honey in the U.S. and in Jamaica. Can you talk about that difference?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you're talking about, you know, pollination from mango, papaya, uh, sugarcane, coconut, all the tropicals, berries, sweet sops, sour People know about these. Um, different tropical fruits from, you know, researching about, you know, the effect it has on cancer cell in your system. And so that's what my bees pollinate, uh, you know, those, you know, hibiscus and those tropical flowers. Whereas in the U.S., you know, you have berries, you have strawberries, you have, but mostly where I live in the Northeast, you know, clover and dandelion, and then you have some, you know, uh, buckwheat and some other, you know, type of vegetation. So you can't really compare Uh, nutritionally the tropical honey to the local honey in my area anyway and um, we don't, our bees are not industrialized bees so they just really free-range. They fly all over the island, um, you know, mostly in the mountainous Parish, parishes, so they're not near fertilized, uh, you know, resorts or anything like that. They're way up in the Blue Mountains and across the mountain in the Caribbean, in, in Jamaica, and um, and do their pollination. So they're getting some really nutrient-rich, um, you know, uh, blossoming uh, to pollinate, comparing to what's here, what's available here. Um, you know, especially in New England, we have like two months of summer, (laughs) and that's it. And so it's the foraging is is very limited, uh, comparing to a year round pollination in the islands.
0: I just never would have that never would have crossed my mind thinking about that difference, I guess. So it's interesting to hear about that. And just, I I guess I never would have thought there could be a difference in the honey that a bee produces based on a different location. So I'm interested in it. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I said it to people all the time. I said, you know, this is how we sell, it pe- people buy my honey for the taste, Emma. They're like, wait, oh, my God, I've been using honey for the longest time, and this one tastes really good. And plus, I know people, I have customers who would write to me and say, you know what? I had a stomach issue, and I started using your honey in my tea, or I just started taking a teaspoon of it a day, and it just went away. So the healing properties that come from those rich, island tropical vegetation is like second to none It's the same thing with manuka honey i mean they have research and studies that tell you you know pinpoint different organs in your body you know pancreas all the area and but we just don't have it in jamaica because it's a poor country so we don't have that level of research but yeah i mean it pollination is important so i say to people when you buying your honey, make sure you're not just getting floral, uh, clover, dandelion. I mean, they're great, but they don't not enrich like those pollination from the tropics or even the manuka tree, um, you know, blossom. So, yeah, it's 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 there's a big difference, and that's how I sell the honey. People have been trying to sell Jamaican honey for so long, <laughs> and it it just didn't resonate. And plus, I do um, a specialized monofloral. Pollination. So we put our box when the logwood tree, which is one of the honey that we sell, is blossoming across the island. And that honey is a high, light amber color honey. And it's just like so, you know, oh my God, it's, it's got such nu- nutri- nutrient rich properties in there. Uh, people love it. And then we also have the darker honey that's got the hibiscus pollination and all the other, um, you know, darker, uh, you know, uh, blossoming. And then we, the floral honey, we uh, incorporate uh, ginger into that and cream it with ginger. So I was the only one who was doing that, by the way. And I just, I, saw, I see people creeping up and learning how to do it. So there's a science behind it. So hopefully <laughs> mine will be superior.
0: <laughs> You've got a head start on everyone. So hopefully that is in your, on your side. So talking about the business side of things, are you running this all by yourself or have you brought on employees?
1: Oh my God. I couldn't run this by myself. Not at this point. Um, so we have probably, we have about eight employees now, but we, uh, use co packers, um, for the toothpaste, the face care. We have a fulfillment center that does all our fulfillment. We have two of them. In fact, and we, then we have an incubator, incubator where we do our jarring and labeling and so on. So I have plenty of help. It's, uh, the scope of the com- uh, company is just really shaping up. We are looking to hire probably about um, six more people by, for this year, um, by the end of the year. So we are looking to get to about 12 um, core people who will report, maybe not directly to me, but indirectly. So we're growing, yeah. We, you know, people, It's catching on. People loving the product, so. Yeah.
0: What did it feel like to bring on your first employee and know you had grown to that size that you could bring someone else into the company? Let me tell you something.
1: That is my weakness. I don't like it. I have had, oh my God, it's been not the most fun thing for me. And so I rely on the expert to help me uh, figure out the right people to, um, you know, to hire. I don't want anyone reporting to me. (laughs) I just, you know, if you can, like, if you know your job and you're doing it and everything is flowing, you'll never hear from me. Um, I that's not that's not what I like at all so it's it's the biggest challenge I have um, in this business and you know at some point you have to take on ownership and I've had to let people go which is it broke my heart because you know I want things to work out but if it is if it doesn't just isn't working out you have to say to yourself okay look <laughs> you know it's too small for you you know to hide behind something else or not getting stuff done so it's been I don't like that part of the business at all but I do it but I don't like it.
0: <laughs> so what would you say is maybe like one of the most successful moments that you've had in running this business and something that you're really proud of along this
1: path? Hmm. I would say that one of the most successful moments I've had was I had a um, stink with Shark Tank. I had pitched to them and I realized when I pitched to them, I realized that I didn't have... Uh, the products, I did, you know, it wasn't the right time. And I had to kind of let that go. And it was like, it was just such a, oh my God, I was in, in tears um, for weeks. And then about a month or so after, I had done all the automation evaluation. So my, I was ready to put in my big orders and I had no money. And I went on Facebook and I just kind of read a little post you know, saying, hey, you know, uh, now my stuff is ready to be purchased, but I have no, you know, I didn't really come out and say I have no money to purchase it. But I kind of say, you know, my son was living with me at the time and he was telling me, huh, mom, I can get a loan, a car loan for 80000 and you can't even get a business loan. <laughs> and I said to him, I, so I just stuck that on Facebook. I was like, my son can get loan for a car. And everybody missed the point, basically. They were like, well, he lives with you. They can repossess the car if he doesn't pay, blah, blah, blah. And I got somebody um, chimed in, and he said, you need an investor. And it was somebody that I did not even report to when I was at IBM. And he was following the business, and in a about a month or so, we struck a deal where he invested, I don't know if I should say, well, it was 100000 for 5% equity in the company. And you know what he told me, which is like, this just was, it, it just made me feel so good. He said, you know, I know your capability, I'm investing in you. Not so much what you're doing, but I, you know, I'm investing in you because I know you're bright and... That was probably my best moment because that, um, that really changed the direction of the company.
0: Yeah, full circle moment after what we talked about earlier that with, you know, family and friends not being the most supportive and, and being there to find someone that believed in you and, and knew you would come out on the other end successful with just a little help from or I guess that's a lot of help but just some help from someone else and someone in the community so I guess that really just speaks to the like people you have surrounded yourself with in a bit but also like the energy that you exude and give off to the world with how you do business and how you do everything in your life
1: exactly yes definitely
0: Yeah, well, Ivy, I have loved hearing about your business and all you're doing with that. I know the first thing I'm doing when I hop off this call is purchasing one. Is there, do you sell in stores or do you only do it online orders?
1: yeah so we had a cute little store we had a cute little store in the north end and uh we closed it uh right before COVID hit actually (laughs) and uh that was a brave move and um so we sell online but we are in uh honey we are in whole foods in the north atlantic area in this in this region we are in macy's um online store their gourmet online store we just set up for kroger's marketplace but they haven't placed their order yet so um, and then we are, uh, so we don't have a store of our own, but I'm looking, toying with the idea of getting into some mall space, because I really enjoy the interaction with my customers, um, you know, uh, so we I'm looking at a couple of different areas across the country for mall spaces that are opening up because people ran out of them all due to COVID, but I think it's going to come back and I think this is an opportunity for me to look into, so yeah, but right yeah, now you I- can get it online, yeah.
0: I know I have to grab one just to try that Jamaican honey and see what it what it's all about.
1: Yeah, if you like ginger, the ginger is a bestseller. Okay,
0: thanks for the tip. Um, so to wrap up here, what is the best or most recent book that you've read? I read
1: this book called the, it's called I Am a Girl from Africa. Oh my God, it's Elizabeth. I don't can't pronounce her last name, to be honest with you. And um, it, you know, I like uh, stories that, you know, people um, see obstacles, but instead of like just feeling sorry for themselves, they push it. But anyway, so she, the book was about her life in Zimbabwe and in uh, those camps or whatever. And uh, UN or somebody, some Peace Corps person gave her some porridge and I'm just giving you a high level. And she remembered it and she went on to become in. Uh, such an inspiration, you know, to work in as one of those, you know, people who, you know, give back in a big way. Um, So that book really inspired me. And
0: who or what is illuminating or inspiring you right now?
1: Um, you know what, I am really rocking or digging Stacey Abram. I'm really digging her. I here's why. You know, she lost the race for the governor and she did not give up. She went on to do you know, do some phenomenal things, you know, to, you know, continue, you know, like a lot of people, when they lose something, they just like, you know, get discouraged. And she didn't. So I'm really I'm really admiring her right now, um, you know, for for what she's doing in politics. And I'm not a political person, but I know that any loss is disappointed. And she could have just balled up and just said, you know, I'm not going to do anything else. But she didn't. And I'm, I'm really proud that she continued.
0: I really love that answer. And that is um, she's really inspiring, for sure. And what is an organization that you'd like to illuminate?
1: Oh, you know what? I couldn't even, uh, you know, I the one organization that has helped me is Women Business Entrepreneur National Council, WeBank. I really, my chapter is CWE, Center for Women Enterprise. We're in the New England uh, area. And I just really admire that organization. It's filled with women um, and they have such great uh, connection and networking and You know they just they have really changed my business and i you know i i shout them out every chance i get it's a fee to be a member but it's well worth it and it's not that much when you you know when you're making some money but um i really like that organization so i want to just give we bank a shout out cwe chapter (laughs) yeah yeah very
0: cool and to close it out here what is your one message to send to
1: the world Okay, this one I thought about. All right, so there's a quote, and I, this is not me, so I'm, I'm either paraphrasing because I don't remember the quote for you know for verbatim, for but it's it goes like this: like hardship often prepare ordinary people for extraordinary destiny. You know, I think that I'm an African American woman, a black woman, and I think that um, we have endured. Uh, black people, especially. <laughs> Black women have endured plenty of hardship. And so I think I am well prepared for my extraordinary destiny. And that's the message I want to send to the world. I'm being a little selfish. But yeah, I think that, you know, when you go through a lot and endure it a lot, you should just uh, take in all of the, you know, what your destiny brings to you, especially if it's a great one, and you should share that.
0: Thank you Ivy for coming on the podcast today and a big thank you to all of you who listened to my conversation with Ivy. If you want to stay up to date with all that they're doing over at Ivy's Everything Honey, you can find them at ivys.com, that's I-V-Y-E-E-S dot com, or at ivys on Instagram and Facebook. You can also follow the Illuminate podcast over on Twitter at Illuminate underscore pod and on Instagram at the Illuminate podcast. We love hearing from the listeners of the show and hearing how they're enjoying the recent episodes. So if you have enjoyed any of the recent episodes, we would really love if you left a rating and review on your favorite podcast player. That is such a great way to help us continue to grow the show. And another great way is if you share about it on social media, give us a shout out, share about the episode and make sure to tag us. And last thing, don't forget to check out the other podcasts in the Sandy Boy Productions podcast network. If you want to stay up to date on that, you can follow Sandy Boy Productions on Instagram over at Sandy Boy Productions over there. And the shows in the network are the latest, which is the Urban Pharmacy podcast, which is all about plant-based and healthy living. We have the All Have Another podcast with Lindsay Hine, where she hosts interviews with professional, elite, and everyday runners. And then the Up and Running podcast brings you all the latest news in elite and professional distance running. And lastly, we have the Wise Everyone Yelling podcast. That one is also hosted by Lindsay Hine. So if you're a parent or helping raise kids or just have kids in your life, that is one to check out because It is all about parenting, from parenting experts to everyday parents come on and chat with Lindsay. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to my conversation with Ivy Lawson, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your week.